then followed through baptism. Eli asked everyone to come into these waters as Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. And upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. What a great way to start the service this morning. Well, good morning, church. How we doing? Good morning. I'm so happy to see you here this morning. And if you're visiting with us this morning, you're our honored guest. Thank you so much for choosing to worship with us. There's a QR code in the pew in front of you or on the screen here. If you'll scan that just so we can get to know you a little bit better, just some information. And at the end of the service, we have a special gift for you out here at our Welcome Center. And I want to welcome those that are watching online as well. Thank you for joining us. But let's stand and let's worship together. By and by, Lord, when the morning comes, when the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell a story how we've overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. Trials dark on every hand and we cannot understand all the ways that God would lead us to that blessed promised land. But He guides us with His eye and we'll follow till we die. We will understand it better by and Disappointments have prevailed And we're wandered in the 
this morning get to experience that now they came to the saving knowledge of Jesus and this morning he is worthy of all praise worthy of all glory he's here to meet with us this morning church and we pray before the service begins that his Holy Spirit will walk up and down these aisles and he will touch hearts and change lives let's be open to that this morning church how great the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain I could not climb in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the cosmos your loving
praise God for the great name of Jesus Christ. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is authority in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. There's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Aren't you grateful we have victory in Jesus today? Amen. I'm so grateful for his faithfulness and his promise to always be with us. And if you're here today worshiping in this place, or even if you're watching today from wherever you may be, I invite you to join me for a time of prayer. It's a time where we can humble ourselves before an almighty God and trust that he will lift us up. And maybe today you feel led to come and kneel at this altar, or you may stand, or you can pray from your seat, or wherever you're worshiping today. But I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? together. God, how great it is to be in your house today on this beautiful fall day to, to sing praise to the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb of God who was slain for our sins, but death could not contain him. He rose to show that we have victory over sin and death through Christ. And Father, we come with grateful hearts, with humble hearts, Father, with expectant hearts. I pray, Lord, before this service is over with changed hearts, Father, remove anything from my heart or life, anything from our lives that would hinder your Holy Spirit, anything that would keep us from being at the center of your will. Father, remove any prideful spirit. Remove, God, any unforgiveness. Remove any anger. Remove any bitterness. Remove any pride. Remove any guilt. Remove any addiction. Remove depression. Remove anxiety. Remove fear. Remove that eating disorder. Remove, oh God, that low self-esteem. Remove, oh God, anything that would keep us shackled from being the people you would have us to be. And Lord, we pray today for every person at this altar. We pray for people praying from their seats, people praying, Father, all across this state, this country, and this world. You know what our needs are. We cry out to you, oh God. And ask that you would meet us in our grief, in our pain, in our suffering, in our struggle with sin. Father, we pray for those who have suffered loss. Father, we continue to lift up the Crittenden family and their loss. Would you comfort them, God, and give them strength and peace? Father, we pray for the Tingle family. 
that have lost two loved ones in a very short time. And I ask that you would comfort them, God, and strengthen them. Father, we pray for the Jones family and the loss of Governor Jones. And I ask that they might feel your comfort and your peace and your strength. Father, I pray a special prayer for the Pettis family, for Nate Pettis's mom, that, Father, you would bring healing and comfort and strength as they go through this very difficult time. Father, we have people going through surgeries this week and treatments. We pray for healing and for good reports on those that are going back, Father, for checkups. Father, we just give you praise for how your spirit is moving in this church. We're grateful, Father, for we believe revival beginning, spiritual awakening and renewal. We ask that you would continue to stir the waters and that people would continue to jump in for healing and for transformation and for new life. Father, we just ask now that if there are folks here or watching that have never placed their faith and trust in you, may today be the day of salvation for someone. May now be the time, God, of of victory and for salvation. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would just continue to to sing through our musicians and, and speak through your word and your messenger and that our hearts, God, would be in tune with yours and that we would indeed find your perfect will this day. We'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victory you've already brought and for the victories that still are ahead. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 22 to a familiar passage to many of you, maybe new to others, and after the reading of God's Word, be in prayer for our choir as they come to lead us. Begin with verse 39. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, cut from me, yet not my, not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly in his sweat, was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray that you will not fall into temptation. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
you sing that with? He touched me. Here we go. He touched me. Thank you all for leading so beautifully. What a beautiful hymn of faith and to know that he touches us and can change us forever. So praise God for that. So thankful you're here. I always like to share a little humor to get us ready to hear more important things. And maybe you heard the story about Joan who was having some people over for dinner. And uh, Joan uh, has a six-year-old daughter. So as the guests were around the table, Joan said to her six-year-old, Honey, would you like to say the blessing for us? And the little girl said, I wouldn't know what to say. And her mother said, Well, honey, just say what you hear mommy say. The little girl stopped for a minute, then she bowed her head, and she said, Oh, Lord, why on earth did I have all these people over for dinner? (laughs) From the mouth of a child. What is God's will for your life? Have you asked that question before? Or maybe you're asking that question right now. What is God's will for my life? It's possible you've been asking the question, is this the right job for me? Or maybe you're asking, is this the right person for me? Who is it, God, that you would have me to marry? God, would you have me to move? Lord, where do you want me to go to school? Do you want me to go into full-time Christian ministry? Maybe these are some questions that you've been asking, and maybe you've been waiting, and you've been agonizing, and you've been sweating, trying to figure out the right direction and the way you should go. You know, in our scripture passage today that's very, I'm sure, familiar to many of you, maybe new to others, but it's a very difficult passage for me to read because we see Jesus at a painful crossroads in his life. Jesus was at a beautiful place, a garden, that no doubt a wealthy friend would allow him this place to go to get away from the hustle and bustle 
of life, a, a place where he could go be alone with God. And at the beginning of our scripture reading, it says he went out as usual to the Mount of Olives to this garden called Gethsemane. And we see Jesus, remember he's only 33 years old. He's 33 years old, and at this moment, Jesus has the opportunity to turn back. Jesus has the opportunity to refuse the cross. Jesus, at this moment, has a very important decision. As a matter of fact, the world's salvation is hanging in the balance. And we see Jesus very much God, but also very much man and human. And we see him agonizing, which the Greek word for agony in this context means someone going into battle who has sheer fear. And so Jesus is at this moment where we see his humanness not so much it would be certainly enough that he was dying on the cross in such a cruel, horrific way. But the fact that he was carrying the weight of the sin of the world on his body and in his life. And so we can't help but see Jesus at a very vulnerable time. Maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe you're sweating out a decision Maybe you've been agonizing over decision, waiting for clarity, waiting for direction, waiting for God's will to be done. And maybe that's what you desire. You say, I want God's will. I, I want to be where God would have me to be. But you don't know how to get there. And, and you don't know exactly what to do. And I pray through this painful but powerful text, that we see an example that Jesus set for you and for me that can help us to discern God's will for whatever we're going through and whatever questions that we have, that it might be crystal clear and be revealed to you and to me. And the focus really today is going to be on verse 42, that the whole passage we read is, is rich with so much meaning and and certainly you could go in many different directions on praying that we not fall into temptation and spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. But, but the verse I want to focus on is, is verse 42. In verse 42, we see Jesus first say, Father, if you want to be at the center of God's will, if you want to know God's will for your life, the first thing we must do is we must have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We must have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in verse 42, Father, he had an intimate relationship with God the Father. I pray that we would have an intimate relationship with God the Father. Do you remember when Jesus was trying to comfort his disciples there in the upper room before he went to the cross. In John 14 that we've shared on many occasions, Jesus said in verse 1 and following, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. 
If it were not so, would have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. <clears throat> and you remember in verse 5, O Thomas, we know is doubting Thomas. He said, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus said in verse 6 of John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if we read on in verse 7, he said, if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. And from now on, you will know him and you have seen him. He was saying, because you've seen me, you've seen God the Father, because his Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. And so we know that we must have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 3 when Jesus went to be baptized? He went to be baptized not because he was sinful. Jesus was the only perfect person ever to live. Jesus went to be baptized first to fulfill all righteousness. Really, this was a God saying, he's my man. He, he is the Messiah. He is the one that is coming to the world to set people free from their bondage and slavery. He was baptized to identify with our sin, to identify with our corruption, to identify with our mistakes. He was baptized to set an example for you and for me that we should follow. His baptism was really the beginning of his messianic uh, time here on earth, preaching, teaching, and healing. It was kicking off what Jesus came to do while he was on this earth. And so do you remember in verse 17 of Matthew chapter 3, after Jesus was baptized, there was a loud voice that came down from heaven that said, this is my son whom I love and I am well pleased. You've heard me say it before. If it pleased God that Jesus was baptized, don't you think it pleases him when we're baptized? Now some of you all are here and you've not followed through baptism. Let me tell you, I, I've heard the excuses through the years and some are legit and some not so much. First of all, I've heard some people say, Oh, I don't think you could pull me up out of the water. <laughs> Have you seen some of the people? I've heard you when I've walked out when there's been big guys towering over me that look like a brick wall, and, and I've heard the gas go <gasps> when they walk out. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I've never dropped anybody yet. <laughs> but <laughs> some people have tried to take me down but I've never dropped anybody. And I've even had some, and you're going to say, oh, that's not true. I'm going to put it in my book one day. And I am going to change the names to protect the guilty. But I've had people even tell me, Pastor, I, I don't want to get baptized because when my hair gets wet, my ears stick out. <laughs> true story. I said, my ears stick out all the time. 
whether I'm wet or dry. They just stick out. So we know how important it is for us to receive Christ and follow through with believers' baptism. Jesus said in the Great Commission, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so we are called to have that relationship. And then Jesus said in Mark 8.36, What good is it for a person to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Is your love of the world for money, for popularity, for, for prestige, is it worth forfeiting your soul? That's what Paul was talking about in Romans 12 too when he says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind and spirit. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And then Jesus said it this way, which should be eye-opening to us. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, when he was given that moral and ethical discourse called the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus said in verse 21 of Matthew 7, listen to this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. In other words, we can't just give lip service and say, Lord, Lord, sir, sir, master, master, when we're living like the devil and we can just say, I'm giving my life to the Lord, but our actions say something completely different. When we have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, there should be a change in our lives. There should be a noticeable difference that we're not walking, talking, living, doing the things we used to. We have repented a change of heart, change of mind, change of direction, and we're walking a whole new way. That's my prayer for all of us. If you want to know God's will, it begins with a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Last night I was privileged to do a beautiful outdoor wedding. It was a beautiful, the weather couldn't have been prettier it was a beautiful setting. The only part that was difficult for me is, is one of those that were getting married did not know Christ. And so I always get an opportunity to say some closing words. Some call it challenge to the couple or, or words of encouragement or however, whatever you want to call it. And I was able to share with them just one verse and for everyone who was there, I said, the verse that's coming to my mind that I want to share with you is a verse, maybe one of the first verses I ever memorized as a child. You've seen it on Sunday school walls, and, and you've seen it at ball games. You remember the guy that used to wear the multicolored wig at all the big sporting events and had the T-shirt, John 3.16? Y'all remember that? There was always that guy. And I'm sure now, thinking back, he probably wore that multicolored wig to draw attention so you could see John 3.16. This verse has brought comfort to people that have been soldiers dying on the battlefield or etched on the walls of a prison. 
but I pray that it's on the, the walls of our hearts. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I shared with them that the love of God, first of all, is unconditional. Are you grateful that God's love for us is unconditional? We can never mess up so much that God still will not love you and love me. I'm so grateful. We should never take that love for granted. We should never say all the times we've asked God to forgive us. And we know that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us, purify us from all unrighteousness. His love is unconditional. Secondly, that he gave his one and only son. It's sacrificial. In a marriage, we have to make sacrifices. It's not always about us or what I want, but we're thinking about the good of the other. So we must make sacrifices. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice by dying on the cross to set us an example that he loved us that much that he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. But then this love is eternal. This is not a love that just lasts while we're here on earth. Did you know that the love of God lasts all the way into eternity? We read that in Romans chapter 8, that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm praying that this couple, that they both would know Christ, because that means that your love isn't over when your lives are over on this earth. You can still have love for one another right into eternity, forever and ever and ever, when we are in Christ. If you want to know God's will, you must first have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Secondly, we must pray. In verse 42, he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. He was praying, and the cup he was talking about was the cup of suffering. He was referring to the cross. If you're willing, that's his humanness, take this cup from me. That's why I believe when we are searching looking for God's will, we must be specific in our prayers. Do you remember that blind Bartimaeus who was there as Jesus was approaching Jericho? He cried out in Luke 18, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd told him to be quiet, so he cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus spotted him in the crowd just like Jesus spots you and me in the crowd. And Jesus asked him in verse 41 of Luke 18, what is it that you want me to do? And he said, Lord, I want to see. That's why I believe we are to be specific when we are praying. Remember also in that great Sermon on the Mount, we See Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He said, this then, he was talking to his disciples and the multitude that had gathered. He said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
So we know that we seek God's will through our prayers. But then we also seek God's will through his word, through his word. I think about what David said in Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. And Billy Graham, the great late evangelist, was once asked, is it difficult to know God's will? And Billy Graham said, no, the answer is, is very simple, and it is this. Everyone who wants to do the will of God must obey his word. And he said, if we are ignorant of God's word, we will always be ignorant of God's will. Did you hear that? If we are ignorant of God's word, we will always be ignorant of God's will. So for us to know God's will, we must pray and we must know his word and pray. How many of y'all before, and I know you have because you'll send me texts, you'll say, this was my devotional and my scripture today. And it was exactly what you preached on Sunday. I believe God is trying to tell me something. I mean, how many of y'all have turned on your radio and Christian radio and there's been a song and you're like, God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. That God has a way of speaking to you and me at just the right time. But we must continue to stay faithful. I shared this recently as we were celebrating our anniversary here at the Forks. I told you how I used to go over to uh, the front entrance of Silver Lake subdivision off Georgetown Road, and there was that big building. It's now an office building, I guess state office building, but it was going to be a food line, y'all remember, and then I guess some bad uh, reports came about the meat at food line, and they never came. So then it was this big concrete building, no doors or windows, this big concrete. That was my place of prayer. I would go walk in my little dog Jonah, my Sheltie. You know, Jonah could run from God, but not from Todd. I had Jonah. We'd go pray over in that building. And for those of y'all who have heard this story, just uh, be understanding someone else maybe hasn't. But I remember going into that building on that particular evening, just crying out to God. Maybe you've done it. Give me a sign. I remember a college professor once telling me that he wasn't for sure if, if his uh, fiance wife-to-be was the one until it was her wedding day. And he said, I even prayed on my wedding day driving to the church, Lord, if she's not the one, give me a flat tire. <laughs> and at that time, I think they'd been married 40-something years. And he said, so God has a way of working his will. I remember praying over there at that empty, concrete, gravel-floored building, crying out, God, give me a sign. I don't know what you want for my life. What's your will for my life? When you know, when I got back to my house, Melanie Benassi from this church had called on behalf of the personnel committee or search committee asking if I would submit a resume, would you be interested in becoming the pastor, the youth minister, or the music minister, because we don't have any staff. 
would you pray about coming? And I said, I'll pray about it. Look, God doesn't always work that quickly. But I believed with all my heart that God was telling me that I've got you right where you need to be in my perfect will. And maybe that's what you're saying today. And you know what? I left this out at the early service, and I was telling the folks before the baptism, here's the hard part I want to share with some, with, with some of you all. We can be at the center of God's will, and it still be a painful place. We can be right where God wants us. Look at Jesus. He was right where God wanted him, but he was agonizing with, with drops of sweat that were like blood drops rolling off. He was at a very painful place, but he was right where God wanted him to be, which leads me to the third point of knowing God's will. We must place our trust completely in him. Jesus said in the last part of verse 42, said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, but not my will, yet yours be done. When we can get to the place where we say, not my will, and it's, it takes courage to do that, but your will be done. Again, we go back to John 14, verse 1, when he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added, given unto you. And there in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, Jesus, as he's suffering on the cross for our sin, remember he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And with that, he breathed his last. That's complete trust, isn't it? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Have you gotten to that place where you can say, Father, into your hands. I commit it all to you because your way is better than mine and your will is perfect and mine is not. Your direction is always the right direction and mine, I always take the wrong turn. Are you at a place where you can surrender it all to him and say, Lord, I give my heart to you, I give my life to you, I give my sin to you. I give my temptations to you. I give my pride to you. I give my guilt to you. I give my past to you. And I'm surrendering it all. I trust in you, Lord. I'm just giving it to you. And I know you've got a perfect plan for my life. I'm going to keep walking, Lord, until a door is closed. I'm going to keep trusting you that you are in control, even though I don't have a clue. We walk by faith, not by sight. And I'm going to keep following you, Lord, until you say no. So I pray today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, would you have the boldness to stand up in front of a few people? How many times are we paralyzed because we're worried about what other people will think? Are you willing to take a stand today and say, 
I've never publicly professed my faith in Christ, and I'm ready to do it. I've never been baptized, and I'm ready to do it. Or maybe you're a Christian, and, and you've gotten off track. You've been conformed to the patterns of this world and not transformed by the renewing of your mind and spirit. Won't you let him change you today and get you to where he wants you to be? Or maybe you've been looking for a church. I believe God is doing something special in this church. God is bringing people to Jesus. Uh, we had a family to join at the early service, uh, the Cheek family. Um, Nathan and Nicole and Caleb made his public profession of faith and, and excited that people are coming to Jesus and these waters are stirring. What's keeping you from jumping in and saying, I'm ready to be committed to be a part of God's good work here? In a moment, we're going to sing a, a song where you can come and take your stand for Jesus to let everyone know whose side you're on. I'm on the winning team, and I want everybody to know I have victory in Jesus Christ. May we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any folks here, men, women, young people, children, and they've never taken that first step of being at the center of your will, and they want to know your will, may they come today humbly, genuinely, lovingly, and give their life to you. May they be able to pray, Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. If someone could pray a prayer like that in their own words to begin this journey and not be ashamed of the gospel. Lord, maybe there are Christians that need to pray, Oh, God, I gave my life to you a long time ago, but I've really not been living a committed Christian life. My family, they don't even know I'm a Christian. My coworkers don't know. My, my classmates don't know. My teammates don't know. But God, I want everyone to see Jesus living in me. And really, we know the ultimate will of you, God, for our lives is that we be more like Christ. That's your will for our lives. You want us to be more like Jesus. Father, maybe there's some folks who have been wanting to join a spirit-filled, loving church. May this be a day when some new family members will come to unite with us. And Father, we welcome them with open arms just as you welcome us into your family. So, oh God, give us the boldness to come. Change us, oh God, to be more like Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're in this place and come as we sing this hymn of commitment. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like Oh. 
I pray. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like
God is so good, and I'm so grateful for these folks that have come today making decisions for the Lord. Um, first, I'm going to invite Sean and Michelle Young would come up beside me. So grateful that this couple comes today, uh, coming uh, from another church family, and they both are Christians. They just want to unite with this church family, and let me just share you what the invitation of a neighbor can do, right? That I'm so grateful that the Uns are next door neighbors to Jeff and Whitney Valentine. And they invited the Youngs to come. Last week was their first Sunday and they joined today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Guys, we welcome you. So grateful God led you here. and We pledge our love and prayers and support to you as we all grow in his likeness. And I know that you want to show your love and support and prayers to the youngs as they come to be a part of this family of faith by letting it be known by saying amen. Amen, amen, applause. We welcome you. And if you all would, after the service, join me out in the foyer just so folks can give you a warm welcome. But you may be seated at this time. I'm also grateful for a couple other folks that came today, um, one recommitting her life to Christ and just wanting a, a new start with the Lord. And I praise God for Rhonda's decision. And then another uh, brother in the Lord asked him for prayer as he's um, going through some challenges, and, and that might be you too. And uh, I pray that God will give you a peace to know you're not alone. He's with you and he's with me, and that we want to be at the center of his will. And we're going to keep walking by faith, trusting that he's going to work all things out for our good and his glory. But hasn't it been a great day to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to invite you to stand right now, and don't forget, tonight we're having our packing party, Lifeline Ministries. We're going to be packing meals for Haiti, for folks that are starving in Haiti. It's a church-wide event for all ages, 
we invite you to join us down the fellowship hall at 6 o'clock. It'll be a great night that we'll be a missionary sending out these meals to help people that aren't as fortunate and blessed as we are. And I hope to see you Wednesday night, 5 o'clock, for our meal downstairs, time of prayer. We want to keep praying for the Spirit of God to keep moving in this place and to see the great work God is doing. So thank you for being here. Praise the Lord. Don't forget how much God loves you, and we love you too. Sean, sing us out of here, could you? Let's sing it. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Sing it again. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Victory over these decisions that have been made today and new family members that have been brought in. And Father, we ask as we go from this place, we would seek to be in your perfect will, that you would just protect us and guard us from evil and harm, and that we would keep in step with your spirit. And we'll give you all the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Come on.